go. What's going on, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 55 of the WorkPrints Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. As always, I'm your host, Rob, and I'm being joined by my co-host, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? I spent a ridiculous amount of money for streaming stuff. <laughs> so, obviously, this is the very first episode we've done in five years where we're actually live streaming it out over on twitch.tv slash theworkprint. And you were telling me how you made a trip out to Micro Center earlier today to try to get everything set up and, and ready. So tell me a little bit about that. So everybody streams. I mean, there's like little four-year-old kids streaming. Everybody's making money. I'm not in it to make money. I'm just in it to do something that's not work. Um, I don't know if you've come across this, but I just hit a point with some of the work I've been doing, just uh, going through the work day and just being like, this is not fun. And, you know, I I spent so much, so many hours of my life uh, over the last year and a half just working and then just watching TV. And I, you know, I went to film school and I'm not doing anything with film. And I want to do something. You know, it's not even about success or even anything. It's just like, I always enjoyed working with video. And so I made a decision to go out and, you know, my birthday is this Saturday. So I was like, I'm going to treat myself. Uh, so I bought a capture card. Um, so for console um, streaming, I'll be I'll starting be starting that with the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. By uh, chance, which more. capture card did you end up grabbing? So I ended up going with the Elgato HD 60 S Plus. Okay. So that has like the 4K 60 frames per second HDR pass through on it. Um, I don't plan on recording or streaming in 4K just because the bandwidth uh, needed for that might be too much. And I think 1080 just looks completely fine, especially if, you know, a lot of audiences streaming off a phone or a tablet. Um, I, you know, if the future ever calls for it, plus like the price jump just seemed a, a bit high. Uh, so I got that. And then I also picked up the stream deck, which was something, the XL. So I have a bunch of funny little buttons. And at first I wasn't planning on it and then I was staring at it and I was like I could come up with some fun use for this and so I made little icons for all our stories this week we'll be doing some fun stuff on Twitch so if you're actually just listening to the audio version of this podcast I'd say you know if you get a chance check out the Twitch stream uh we'll be um you know we'll be archiving this over on our YouTube channel and hopefully getting a link out on dorkprint.com as well okay I've actually been interested in getting a stream deck just because I think those things are incredibly cool. And I totally agree with you as far as just wanting to get back into creating and, and doing some editing. I still haven't gotten back into editing yet just because of some of the time that that takes up. And it's a little bit difficult when you've got a wife and kids on top it of is. work and stuff like that to kind of fit it in. I but, actually I actually feel a bit guilty. I... um. And my wife's like, what are we doing today? And I was like, I'm streaming and doing this. And you know, she, came, she came over. She's like, were you at Micro Center yesterday? And I was like, I was like yeah, I picked up a few things. And she's like, you didn't get a graphics card, did you? I was like, no, you didn't have them. But I did. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. No, that's awesome. Well, hey, now you're officially the producer of this show. Uh, yeah, like it sounds, it sounds cool because like. I don't think I've really ever produced anything else outside of like Comic Con videos and uh, stuff we've done like in San Diego, and that was years ago, uh, when I was still back in college. So 
you know, just even putting this together, there was just like a rush. Like I felt alive, <laughs> and so I'm so happy. Uh, even if it's just our friends watching this, I think, um, you know, I, I think we put on a good show, and I think, uh, I, you know, I'm excited to see what you think after this episode wraps up. No, that's funny. I'm I'm glad you're so excited now because I can't wait until things start messing up and going awry <laughs> and see how much you actually enjoy it then and see Listen, what happens you're basically locked in you know to every I, I, episode from i'm not here allowed on. to go on vacations I, I, yeah I exactly that. you gotta um, put in you gotta put in pto requests yeah. i gotta approve those first you know and then uh after 10 years of doing this then i'll be like you know what it's time to hang up my hat <laughs> 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 i have a kid on the way uh, yeah. it's just gonna be the future episodes later this year just gonna be me like rocking a baby and <laughs> uh, producing in the background but like i know you've really what? wanted to bring back the trivia show and I'm excited, like, I, you know, messing around with this stream deck today, I can, I have so many ideas of, like, how we can do things and run it on the fly. It does take some prep time, I'm not, like, but I, a lot of that's done now. Um, You know, I do on, uh, on Twitch right now, like, we're using an old background and these old frames that Jen created back in 2016, you know, uh, and, you know, uh, uh, they're great. I do want to uh, update them a bit, uh, maybe talk to Jen or talk to somebody, some graphic designer, pay them for their work and, you know, maybe create, you know, more windows when we get more guests and stuff for the show. Yeah. You also, you mentioned wanting to update the stream overlay and the look of the show itself. One of the things we're also talking about is updating the name of the podcast as well. And so that is something that you can expect, hopefully in the, in the near future. Here's the thing though. Are we going to rename reset. the show uh, yeah reset at episode one that that's the hard part because i think we've gone through too many reboots already um i mean like i was looking back at the twitch archives uh, of whatever we saved and like that was like already work print 36 or something or the gamescast 36 back in 2016 and i can only imagine we were recording in 2016 isn't that crazy you know what's crazy <laughs> is i was talking to my brother maybe i can't remember exactly who i was talking to but we were talking about streamers and how i'm getting back into streaming here and there and getting back into podcasting and i remembered telling my wife way back in 2008 2009 right when we were just married how i wanted to get into and start getting into streaming but at that time us both being college students and stuff like that it was a little bit more prohibitive it was just harder right because i could barely afford <laughs> yeah uh, you know my day-to-day -day, let alone the equipment and now it's so streamlined it's so easy uh go figure when i can finally accord <laughs> afford to to get the equipment and make it look nice now mostly i'm just streaming right from the twitch app on my xbox when it comes to gameplay also yeah. the one thing i'm having trouble with is I enjoy playing my games on a on a big TV. I'm not one of these hyper competitive uh, purists who say it has to be on a super low latency monitor and can only be so many inches because then you lose speed and input lag and et cetera, et cetera. And so the other thing is I also have this these brand new consoles that do 4K 120 have VRR, and so capture cards just aren't there yet to for me to be able to play on my tv now the one good thing is i think i mentioned last week is i got my son that xbox series s and 
part of the reason behind that is I can actually just his desk is right next to mine. I can just bring that right over, hook that up. And then if I want to do a stream, um, I can just, you know, stream 1080p 60, like you mentioned earlier, which I think yeah. is perfectly fine for stream. And I just need to get to the point where I am separating. And I've been doing that lately, actually, as far as audio is concerned, because I use the different headsets, whether I'm streaming or playing by myself, we're just having like, okay, this is me streaming for a few hours or uh, you know, three, four or five hours, whatever it may be. And then going and having like my me time while my big TV with my um, Bang & Olufsen Bayo plays and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, a lot of changes in the works, a lot of updating. I mean, it has been, you mentioned 2016, we had same name, same background. It's, it is time for a refresh of sorts. And yeah. so I, I'm excited about that. I'm excited, like you mentioned, to bring that trivia podcast back. I want to do it so, so bad. I'm super excited to actually found my notes, so I'm not going to have to kind of do everything from scratch although even that needs some updating at this point but um, it's just a matter of making sure that uh, we have a consistent crew to have on because I just anything we do going forward and that's the thing we talked about when we wanted to do this again is that if we're in we're in right and yeah. so we need to be consistent so unlike this which just requires two of us and in a pinch grabbing someone else to fill in that show requires at least three other people besides myself. And so yeah. that's the the problem we're running into right now. And so hopefully we can get that worked out, get people who are consistent and, and committed. And who knows? Hopefully this the, the both podcasts will grow. We'll be able to pull more people in. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm always excited. And I agree with you. Like, I've talked to people who are like, yeah, I want to be on the podcast. And then like you reach out to them like, hey, we're recording Tuesday night. And they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be down. And then silence. And then they're like, what night? Tuesday. It, it, it's always been Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, no. And I do have, I mean, I have you. Actually, my brother who just started getting into PC gaming and stuff like that. So he has this expensive PC that he, he got. And so he needs some use for it besides the game. So he said he'd be down to be a part of that show. And so we do have, we have some people. I, I, I just need, for me in my head, I'm like, I need four people so that I always have three, right? Like, yeah. but we'll see. Hopefully sooner rather than later. All right. Enough about all that. We can't do another 45 minute intro where we don't get to, to games and we have a two hour long podcast. Let's get right into what we've been playing lately. You want to kick us off? What have you oh, been up to lately? Oh, God. All right. So last week on Xbox Game Pass, the Wild at Heart dropped along with uh, a bunch of other games. Uh, are you a Pikmin fan at all, Rob? So I am not. Yeah, I've never, played, I've never played a Pikmin, but I keep I, seeing comparisons to it. I have played Pikmin. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've also played some Pikmin-like games, but I think my problem with the Pikmin games is that I don't... I tend not to like games that are on a, like, how do I explain this? A time constraint of sorts, right? Mm -hmm. And that's how Pikmin works, right? You're trying to get onto the ship or get some part fixed within the first day or two days, whatever it is. It's kind of like I didn't like the original Dead Rising. And I'd say yes. actually Dead Rising 3 is probably my favorite, even though most people, a lot, a lot of people don't like that one very much uh that rising 3 was one where they brought in a new protagonist right and then yeah yeah i think two also was a new protagonist oh right two well. was the yeah. motor the guy with the the motorcycle biker was yeah. two and then three has the one guy and then the girl and then you find out the girl is the daughter of the guy of two and blah 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 but anyway 
I liked three a lot because it took that constraint away. And so that that's always been my complaint with Pikmin. So you're saying the Wild at Heart is Pikmin-esque? It's P- Pikmin-esque. You get these little... Uh, you, you play as a kid named Wake who runs away from home. It seems like he doesn't have this great relationship with his dad. And, you know, he has this, like, backpack that, like, blows gusts the wind. Uh, it's almost, like, uh, inspired by Ghostbusters. And so he's, he's doing that. And you go through into this deep forest in his backyard and you get lost. And you stumble upon, like, these this old man who has this little spriteling, which are, like, the Pikmin-like creatures in this game. And you collect them and you work your way through puzzles. It's beautifully animated. Um, like... Uh, if even if you look at a screenshot of this game, you'll you can just tell like how much effort was put into the art direction uh, for the Wild at Heart, and uh, you know uh, I played about an hour, hour and a half of it. Uh, I even remote played a lot of it on my phone with the backbone, and uh, yeah, it, you know if you're looking for a bite-sized uh, puzzle game, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's pretty intuitive. It, it does some pretty neat things. Uh, the one thing I'm not a big fan of is like when you're using the sprite lings, you kind of toss them. Uh, so you're you're stationary when you're using them. So you have to like, uh, if an enemy is attacking, you kind of have to move a safe distance away and then throw the sprite lings. And uh, I kind of wish you'd be able to do that while moving. There's a crafting crafting system. Um, I'm definitely gonna check out more of it. But uh, it, you know, it, it's definitely a smaller, quieter game uh, that. You know, I really, really um, grasped right out the gate. Um, other than that, I've picked up Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne. Uh, it's a remaster of the PS2 RPG from Atlas. I I played through the intro. Uh, it was a bit story heavy. Shin Man. Megami is like Persona adjacent, right? Yes, it's it's the predecessor. Like Persona spun out of uh, Shin, Shin Megami Tensei. Uh, so, like, you get a lot of the same monsters, like Fairy, Jack Ross, things like that. Um, it's known for its difficult. Like, back then, when it released on the PS2, it was known for its difficulty and its story. So, uh, essentially, the apocalypse occurs, and your character uh, basically has to set out and um, help rebuild a world where Persona is more about the friendships you make and that experience. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei tends to be more about philosophy and like what it takes to rebuild that world uh so i only put about an hour hour and a half into it actually, i actually haven't experienced a battle um i'm playing it on the switch it, so far it runs great i haven't run into any performance issues i will say um the models for characters really really um do feel dated like some of the smiles people have on their face or just like how some of the uh, female characters are modeled like not even like that's egregious in any way um it's just like you're like mm, they were working with a limited tool set or uh back then yeah um yeah. but like the voice acting uh is great uh i can't uh, not too much to complain about i'm uh, hoping to dig into that a bit more it, it's funny that you mentioned the outdated graphics and how it's impacting your playthrough one of the games that i've actually been playing again this past week i, I didn't put it on my list is I've been trying to play through Psychonauts. I'm excited mm-hmm. about Psychonauts 2 coming out. And they just added its Game Pass, even though I've actually owned it for a little while. I got it when it was on sale. And I've started Psychonauts maybe two or three times. But I run into the same problem where the game just feels older. Right? 
And while it does look much better than it, it did back then, just through auto HDR and whatever other, you know, smoothing techniques they're using on it, it still, it still just controls and, and is a little bit dated for me. I'm trying to get past that because it's got this cult following and people who love the game really love the game. And so I'm very early on into it, into it still. And because two is coming out, I do think I'm going to see my way, uh, you know, push my way through it. But this is what we talked about last week where I just don't get that excited for things like remasters when all that's being done is, you know, an uprising. Right. Yeah. And it's, there's that uh, for sure. Uh, I, I think it, it games definitely need something more. Uh, what was a recent remaster that kind of reworked everything? I'm just, God, I know I just played a really good one, and I, I I can't remember off the top of my head, um, which is oh Demon Souls. Demon Souls is a great example of uh, a a great re- of remaster or like uh, you. I mean, if you look at the game graphically, um, performance that- wise, like uh, for the uh, from PS3 to PS5, it is night and day difference. So. I mean that it looks like yeah. a modern game. Like yeah. it looks, it plays, it feels like a modern game. Yeah, it, it's so fluid, it, but you know, it still captures everything that the PS3 version did. Maybe some things are still exploitable, or are they might have tweaked some things here and there. But I, I think it stays very true to what um, that PS3 version of that game was. Uh, so uh, yeah, no, and I'm with you on that. And I think the one other thing I'm starting to maybe the excitement for me is starting to die out on is. The Switch is a really big console in handheld mode. Maybe it's just like I've been using the backbone and my phone, um, but that OG Switch is pretty big, and I I wish it was. Maybe I need a Switch Lite, but I don't want to spend money on a Switch Lite, and I don't, and I want that ability to uh, export to my TV. Yeah, see, I don't know. I I do think that the Switch is a little bit on the heavy side for mm-hmm. for a console. I like the screen size, actually. It is, it is a nice. I just wish it was lighter. And I don't know how you would do that. <laughs> right, right, right. It's an impossible ask. Yeah. yeah. But And then uh, I see you have one more game that you've been playing. This is the, the bigger one of the three. Okay. I requested a review code for Biomutant. This is a game that when they first announced it a few years back, it looked great. Uh, I was really excited about it. It, I've actually I've been very excited about this game, and then you know everything I saw in terms of like the art design, the uh just like the world, it it looked great. I thought the character looked cool, and for the most part, that stuff is very true about Biomutant. So I got my code Monday um, morning, I think about like an hour or two before um, the reviews dropped, and so you know I downloaded it. I uh, fired it up I think later that afternoon after work and I, I it, it feels like the dev team here just did not play a game for 10 years and decided to put a game oh, out yikes. Uh, you know it's developed by Experiment 101 from Stockholm Sweden it's published by THQ Nordic um, and the game's an open world RPG it has RPG elements. Like when you start out, you you customize your biomutant. You could choose a starting class. You could choose the type of weapons you want to use. But it doesn't lock you into that. It's just kind of like set your stats. You have a you know vitality, stamina, health, energy, um, 
uh, key, key energy, uh, chi power for like your abilities. Uh, and then you, there's a different type of upgrades for your weapons. You can craft armor. You can add mods to your weapons. There's a lot of systems in this game. And they're in a menu system that is not great. Um, it, it's, it, it's confusing. They throw a lot at you within that first 30 minutes to an hour. Um, the combat, I, I think, is one of the most disappointing things. There is no lock-on mechanism uh, that you can manually do. Like, whatever enemy you're looking at is, like, semi-locked onto. And then you can't really rotate around the camera, so somebody can be attacking you from the side or behind you while you're focused on this enemy, and you can just get hit, uh, which is kind of frustrating. So you just kind of have to use whatever memory placement you have of enemies and dodge in the best way possible. The attacks feel hollow, like the sound design for your weapons. and So you have a weapon and a gun, uh, and it, it just sounds extremely hollow. Just imagine taking, like, you have this sword, or you have this like giant paddle or different... Uh, type of like blunt objects or sharp objects uh and just imagine just taking like an empty uh, wrapping paper tube and just bonking somebody over it that's that's the sound equivalent you get from hitting an enemy and the enemies are have a lot of health so it's just you're wailing on these guys you don't really get that feedback from the game that you're actually hitting somebody hard uh and, and the guns just kind of feel like you're shooting nerf bullets at somebody uh yeah that's see that's a bummer that's actually one of my biggest pet peeves is when a game's combat doesn't feel like you're having any impact, mm -hmm. right? Because you're not getting that positive reinforcement out of it just through whether it be audio design, whether it be the way the game uses rumble, something like, you know, along those lines. And it's funny how so many games do it right that we don't even think about it. That is yeah. when a game does it poorly that it becomes so apparent, right? Yeah. And so it, frustrating. It, 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 it's shocking in that uh, because, uh, like you said, because like I remember watching some of the videos they start putting out. Uh, I know they were saying they don't. Uh, they were putting out like the current gen version, no, last gen versions, like the Xbox One X, the Xbox One, just showing the different performance. And then they showed a PS5 version and an Xbox Series X version. And somebody on Twitter was like, hey, what about the Series S? And they're like, nobody in the office has a Series S, so we can't really show you um, any videos of that, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, Performance-wise, like I, I have a PC code. It, it plays great. I haven't run into any uh, real issues. It, it runs it. great. Yeah, it runs. It just runs great. Like I'm running at 4K right. max settings on a 2080 Ti. I know that's a pretty high-end card, but... You know, the, it, the world, like, graphically, this world looks great. I like being in this world. Um, even, so you come across, like, the lore of, you know, it's the post-apocalyptic Earth. Uh, you're a mutated creature that just came in from behind the wall. And you you come across, like, these papers on the wall that tell the backstory of what happened. There's, like, a company called Toxinol, uh that, like, and the humans essentially... Uh, radiated the planet, just kind of dumped water uh, or waste into the water and to the planet and just thinking nothing would happen. And then the radiation reacted with the planet, creating an apocalyptic event and the humans left in spaceships. Um, and you get these story, like you get the, like the backstory of like what happened with the planet, what this company was doing through like these posters you find on the wall. Um, so that's great. Like I, I think that the world building they've done there is cool. I uh, the world that you're walking in is fantastic. It's gorgeous. It's a very gorgeous game. The most egregious, the worst thing about this game is 
a narrator tells you everything. Uh, when the characters talk to each other, it's kind of like a gibberish language that you have to sit through. And okay. then the narrator translates that for you. So the characters are never actually talking to each other. That You don't see like your character talking to somebody. Oh, like You see that, but you don't actually hear the words. So everybody just talks gibberish, and the narrator tells you about it. There's you even so, choose, <laughs> you even choose. Uh, there's like a like, uh, you know, think Mass Effect or Witcher. Like there's, you could choose a dialogue. There's like a dialogue selection. You can choose something, and then the narrator would essentially tell you what that character is saying. But then you can't go back and choose everything in that conversation. And so a lot of times, you get a lot of terms thrown at you about like different races or different tribes, and you're like, okay, I want to know about this. And then, no, you can't go back and learn about the other one. <laughs> um, your character also has some sort of weird amnesia, like an anime character, um, where they don't remember their past and you're slowly like relearning everything. But everybody seems to know you and be like, yeah, I knew you when you were a kid. And it's like, so every time you meet somebody, you get like a flashback to your character's childhood youth uh, and his mother who trained him in the way of Wong Fu. Um it's not all bad, but it's not something I would spend even thirty dollars on. Um, it, I, I, you know, I I've played about four hours of this game so far. I'll be I, there's a tree of life that's being threatened by these world enders, so I need to go fight them. They're at four corners of each root of the tree, so I'm about to go tackle one. Uh, I have this cool mech that I get to walk around in. Uh, but other than that, I I really can't recommend this game. It's oh, that's it's, a it's, it's 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 not fun. Uh, and like, if you got it already, great. I think the most exciting thing about this game is what happened over the weekend. Uh, Wario sixty four tweeted a link uh, to the EA desktop app, which was. What? had a pre-order of the game for 2.99. Yeah, nobody I saw was that. nobody was sure if it was DLC or the full game because once you bought it it said you had pre-ordered the game. And then as of today, um people are like, "Oh no, nothing happened. The game's not unlocking. We can't install it." And then literally as of 30 minutes ago, it turns out people can install it. So people got BioMutant for $3 and there was a lot of discourse over if it was ethically right or not. Um Good on you, people that got bio meat for three dollars. I mean, yeah, that's it, not that's not their fault. It, that's... It, it's it's a great price for three for three dollars. That's a bummer. It kind of sounds like a smaller development studio biting off more than they could chew. Especially since it seems you talk about it being graphically beautiful and stuff like that. It just feels like maybe resources were put into that, and maybe they just had this world in their head before they had actually what the game was going to be because this game i feel like this game went silent for a it long did. time because it, it, it so, came out of nowhere i remember when it was announced it came out of nowhere and it was it looked really cool there was excitement around it and it went quiet for two to three years um with i think like a random update around e3 every now so every now and then but yeah it, yeah it, it's weird like this game has a dark and light system like the paragon and renegade system uh and it, it, it like I don't know if it needed to be an open world RPG. If this had just been like an action adventure game with just like levels, like maybe you could have kept it open world and like removed the RPG elements and just like worked on that combat. And yeah. Maybe get like upgrades to your characters here and there. And I think that it would have been a stronger game for it. Uh, I don't know if COVID messed with 
um, development, and then not, not even development with uh, recording dialogue or getting actors, or maybe uh, it was a budget thing. I feel like that that sounds like a budget thing because it yeah. would be much cheaper, right, to just have them all doing gibberish language and then having one narrator, one voice actor that you're paying to kind of talk through and, all of it. That's I, why I said it feels like yeah. a smaller studio just biting off more than they can chew. I, you also mentioned earlier, sorry, just real quick yeah. before I forget, you mentioned earlier how the combat system doesn't have a lock on, and while nor- most of the time, especially in a third person melee focused game i i do prefer a lock-on but we have seen even recently as ghost of tsushima have a similar system where there is no lock-on just a soft lock-on when you're facing an enemy but that does it really well well first off you can kind of control the camera and pan around you but also those enemies for the most part don't blindside you right Mm -hmm. and so the ai is tuned for balance in, in that kind of system to work out and it seems like that's not the case here and that's kind of a, that's a bummer yeah and like I, I, I credit to the narrator narrator does a great job for what, what he's given i don't know wh- whose decision it was to do everything through the narrator but what you sacrifice at the end of the day is character you don't get to hear your character's voice you don't get to hear uh, the other characters in the world and you can, can you don't grow attached to anyone which is just like a shame at the end of the day um I don't know if this can be patched. I don't know if there will be a sequel. Uh, depends on how well this does. But uh, there was I mean, something I heard they sold a lot of copies at two ninety nine. Yeah. So. <laughs> maybe that maybe that was the plan all along. But there, the most disappointing thing about BioMutant is there is a really strong game somewhere in here, and it just never was realized. That's a bummer. So out of those three games that you played this week which one would you recommend people go out and give it a try i think wild at heart uh and if you're All looking right. for an rpg then shin megami tensei is a classic uh that many people have raved about for years uh so if you're looking for a nice difficult game maybe pick that one up as well all right so it bums me out because i was looking forward to biomutant but i did also download the wild at heart i just haven't started yet so mm. the fact that you like it uh you know is is a good sign for me, especially considering that hard drive space is a precious commodity these days. And I have a bad habit of, especially with game pass of just downloading anything that seems even remotely interesting and, and giving it a shot. As far as what I've been playing lately. So quickly, I just want to talk about, I don't know if I mentioned it on here before, but this spring I picked up, a, a, let's say maybe February. So maybe it was late winter, whatever it was. I picked up an Oculus Quest 2. They were finally back in stock. Picked one up from Best Buy. And I part of the reason I got it is because with COVID and the gyms being closed, even with them reopening and me being vaccinated now, I still am not comfortable with going to a gym yet. And so I was using it as part of my workout routine, actually, as part of my cardio. And I've been using it. I've been using this program called supernatural vr on there which is kind of like a beat saber focused on working out i mean i sweat way harder in this than i do in beat saber even on the hardest difficulties this uh definitely works my arms a lot more and and has me doing squats more often and it's it's funny you mentioned that because uh the pr person behind that works for the supernatural team 
Uh, I'm friends with him on Facebook. He used to be over at Telltale, Job Stover, and he's been like, he's been posting videos of this for all through quarantine. And I just like, he's just like, it's a workout, and he's just videos of him just drenched in sweat. Oh yeah, uh, no, I am. You move. Am, yeah, and I am always drenched in sweat afterwards. Yeah. I'm I'm finally gotten up to the high intensity workouts, and I mean, it's it's fun. It's a good workout. I. Obviously, it's not the only thing I do. What I've been doing lately since I was finally able to get my hands on a bench for an affordable price is I've been using it as my cardio portion of my workout and then getting into, you know, a little bit of weightlifting here and there. And so it's I it's I've been able to be consistent with it. Right. There are some weeks where I'm on there five days out of the week. At the very least, I try to get on there at least three days out of the week. My wife has started doing it because with every super. Now, I should say that. Supernatural VR is a subscription model. Mm -hmm. And so you can get a year subscription. And I like to do that when it comes to working out stuff. Same way, I, like with my gym membership, I always pay a year in advance. Because if I pay for it, I'm going to use it. Because I feel obligated to use it. Versus if, I, if I'm paying month to month, I'll be like, yeah, it's fine. I, you know, maybe I'll just cancel it or whatever. And then it just rolls over. Whereas if I'm paid in for a year, I'm in for that year. And so with that subscription, um, you're able to add four accounts onto the one device. So my wife has been using it as well. And my brother's got it. His wife's been doing it. And it shows a leaderboard as well. So there is some gamification of the workout. So I'll go on there and I'll, I'll send a little text message to my brother with a screenshot or, or something like that of the leaderboard. Try to rub in his face. And so I've been doing that. And I've been doing that for a while. But I realized I hadn't talked about it on the podcast yet. And I wanted to give a shout out to supernatural vr if anybody's interested has a, a quest or a rift and wants to give something a, a, a shot see if they stick with it you do get one month trial to try it out see if it is for you um i mean I, I enjoy it quite a bit i also finally finished super hot i've started super hot like three times three different platforms <laughs> i think before i had started i had, had started on the xbox when that released and that was the non VR version and I was playing some of that and I, I was enjoying it, but something came along. And I put it down when I got the Oculus quest two, I wanted to justify my purchase besides just the workout thing. And I was like, I heard great things about super hot in VR and I finally beat it today. It's not that long. It's just a matter of, you know, picking it up and playing it. And, uh, finally sat down with it. it was like, you know what? I'm, it's like two and a half, three hours total. I'm about two hours into it. Let me just, go ahead and, and finish it off today and i finished it off today and that that game is very very cool man i think i've talked about this before where vr and maybe we talked about this like four years ago five years ago but vr at least now especially with the quest 2 it being wireless it finally feels like like we're almost there right yeah. like we're, <laughs> we're, we're so close to the promise of vr and I, I think I always said it back then, too. Like, I was like, VR won't be a thing until, like, 2020. And thanks, COVID. You've ruined my prediction. But, yeah, I like, it, I mean, if you have something, I mean, it's pricey. But there are, like, yes. the vibe is, with the room scale stuff is really impressive. Like, I remember playing John Wick VR at New York Comic Con. And me and my wife were, like, rolling on this open floor. And it was really cool. Um I got to shoot down a helicopter. That's John Wick. So. <laughs> Pretty badass. No, I mean, I and that's the thing too is VR is at a point right now where there are price points to match what it is you're looking for, right? If yeah. you're just trying to dip your toes in it, um, you know, I, 
I can't remember the quest two starts at two ninety nine. I think that's what it starts at two ninety nine or three ninety nine. And granted, that's still almost the price of a brand new console, but it is. It's not you know a thousand dollars, right? When we were yeah. talking about it five years ago, when we're talking about the Rift, and we're talking about the the Vive, and now you've got the Index, you've got all these devices, and all of those just were just priced at a point where I didn't think it could become mainstream at that price point. And I think we're slowly getting to that point. I think the Quest 2 is a, a great intro for most people who are even relatively interested. And now they've added all these new features where you can do wireless with your desktop if you have a desktop that can run uh, Rift games. You don't need to use the cable link anymore. Wait, what? Yeah, they add that. It's part of their experimental features. But yeah, if you have a Quest 2, you can play your Rift games over Wi-Fi. Um, so it just streams it to the headset. It just streams it to the headset. Yeah, that is dope. Because I was actually about yeah. to ask about the wire. Because you know uh, what I did like that where VR was moving was, um, like the Vive is a very expensive headset. Uh, it's like a grand to get everything in place for that. Uh, but even like PSVR was like what three hundred? Yeah, something know? like that. Yeah. Yep. Not and to so, mention you you needed the you know, console as well. Yeah. On top of that. So it's, it's just like having something that will be able to do VR games on its own without having a wire is really cool. Cause I think a lot of people, the issue they have is they don't have space for having a long wire across, but you know, if you make it wireless, it's great. But then having the ability to attach a wire to you, a PC, say you already have one, you don't need one, but if you do, you can play more. But now yeah. hearing that you can just stream it wirelessly, that's even better. Like this yeah. is, like, like you're right. We're right at the cusp of the VR future. Yeah, and I should say, by all accounts, having it connected via the Oculus Link is probably going to be a, a, a better experience. Obviously. Yeah. Um, and my buddy Matt also got a Quest Two after me and my brother have been raving about it, and I believe he played all of Half Life Alex using the Link cable on his PC, and said it was fantastic. So it. I think that's what makes the Quest 2 so appealing is that it does have this like, hey, it's standalone. You can do it on its own. But also, if you want a higher end experience, maybe not the highest end, but higher end experience, you can connect it to a capable PC and, and run these bigger, you know, more fleshed out VR experiences. Besides VR, I finally started up Returnal. So how much do you hate it and love it at the same time? <laughs> so... I really like Returnal. Yeah. I really like the way it controls. I love the environment. I, on my second run. Yeah. Right? I mean, I feel like you're supposed to die at that first, like, mini boss that yeah. you run into. Like, there's just no way. So, I almost beat but, it, but then I decided not to dodge and I paid for it. Okay. <laughs> so, so my, my second run, I actually beat the first boss in, oh, the, nice. in the first biome. And so, this game feels like a game that's very much for my skill set, we'll say. Yeah. I mean, obviously I've I've I haven't even gotten to the second boss yet. I've died a few more times since then, partly because I'm exploring and trying stuff out and partly because like any roguelite, you just have to get the drops, right? Yeah. And so there is some RNG in that. This game and I know there was a big deal made about it and even I said from the outside like, "Oh, that that's silly." I don't understand how, because these runs are long. I don't understand how you people are 
do like part of me wants to just send the game back and not even continue because having to put that in rest mode as my like save <laughs> is is anxiety inducing it is insane especially since we had some rain all day yesterday over here where i am and my house is out in the woods so whenever we get consistent rain or consistent snow and stuff like that we'll have like the power cut out quickly and stuff like that and the the ps5 does not like it when when yeah you mess yeah. with the power at all right? yeah the ps4 Honestly, it, 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 yeah, it, right, it, exactly. it gives you that warning message like yeah. do you not know how to turn off the power on the ps4 yeah. why and did so, you cut off the power <laughs> so now for the most part i am just like i mean i had to yesterday where i walked away after beating that first boss and i left my run in, in suspend or whatever but for the most part i've been trying to stop just when i die and there's times where i'm just like i'm just gonna go hyper aggressive because i know i have to stop here and if i die i die at least i get some ether and stuff out of it you know uh but that is i don't know what the limitations are and why they couldn't put it in uh i i think people have made have made a big deal about it and I still don't think a big enough deal has been made about it. I feel like there is no... If this game wasn't as good as it is, there's no way they get away with this. Oh, there's yeah. There's no chance. There's just so, no chance. And, and like I said, like that run I had where I beat the game, it it was an amazing run. It was one of my favorite gaming experiences. But my God, did I... I regret it. <laughs> like, like, like I regret it and I don't regret it. Like, I love that experience, but I paid for it that weekend when my yeah. body was just like, you need sleep and you yeah. have a party the next day. And uh, it, it, it was a rough experience. But it, it, it depends how it works out for you because it is six biomes and they're broken up into two sets. So one to three and then four to six. And you can get through, through one to three, like, depending on how you do. Like, if you have a run like I did, where I just went from the third boss to the end of the game, that's a that's a long time. But like, say yeah. you, you beat that second boss, you know, you start up back off at that first biome, you get to the third area, you know, you just work your way back there and you can beat it. But like, if you're having a flawless run, then God, a save point is all. Like you're just praying for it, or not for your game to not crash. I've seen people on forums being like, "I was, I had an amazing run, and the game just crashed to home screen." I, I never ran into that myself, but it it just sucks to hear because I know I would just turn it off and just probably not turn it back on for another week. Listen, uh, if that happens, yeah. if that happens to me, that game is going back. I'm sorry, <laughs> I just can't. Like, I just can't. Yeah. And I, like I said. I'm really enjoying it so far. I think it controls really, really well. I think it's got great atmosphere. I think the audio design is fantastic. I, but I just don't have the patience for that. You know, like obviously when it's my fault because I played bad, that's a different thing. But when it's something like this, it's completely out of my control. Like, no thanks. Yeah. And like, I know we mentioned sound design earlier, but like the Returnal's 3D audio, Oh my God! It's you know where the enemies are. <laughs> like, like, yes. I, I, like, if I was blind, I could tell you. Like, like, or I had my eyes closed. Like, I could tell you where the sounds were coming from. Like, it, it's so well designed, uh, and I think it's one of the big benefits of um, for that game. Yeah. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. 
the last game I played is kind of the other. Oh, I would say the surprise hit of this past week. It seems also releasing as part of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and only Ultimate. If you just have regular Game Pass, it's it's not on there. But as Game Pass Ultimate is EA's Knockout City, which is that dodgeball three v three game. And I think it's a ten day trial for there uh, everywhere, there, right? Yes, yes. There is a ten day trial for everyone, regardless yeah. of whether you have EA Play Game Pass. It's there's a ten day trial for everybody because they want people to give it a try and play this and for good reason i do not think this game showed well yeah i think i was like oh the colorful world seems cool and this the it seems like it has style but i don't know if this gameplay is gonna be fun or and it is a lot of fun it is it's a 3v3 and it reminds me quite a bit of the rocket league experience that is to say that at its core it's very easy to, to pick up and play, but as you play it and as you learn the mechanics behind it and some of the techniques and some of the strategy, you start to learn that, yes, there will be a skill gap between mm-hmm. players as they get their hands on this and play more, and the ones who play it more often are going to destroy those who who don't. And I think as long as the matchmaking is done well, I think that is a good thing. I mean, I think that's how Rocket League got to the point it got to. And once again, this game is definitely one of those games where, like, if you have a team of three who's talking, communicating, you have a huge advantage over a team that doesn't because timing, coordinating, throwing the dodgeballs at the opponents, and even just one of the mechanics in this game is that your teammates can turn into dodgeballs themselves. (laughs) And so there were situations where, you know, I was – it was like a two V three and I'm getting hits on people and then I'm running out balls. I'm like, come on, ball me, ball me. And then it would turn into a ball <laughs> real quick. And I, I got a few like triple knockouts doing that. Right. Where the person just keeps coming back to me as a ball, keep coming back to me as a ball. And you can aim so, while you're a ball too, right? Like, no, so there, yes, there's another mechanic where if you charge up your teammate, who's a ball long enough, you basically lod them up in the air and they become this like border. Strike. Okay. And so they can control that and they land. That's an instant KO. And so, um, yeah, man, there's a lot more to this game than what was, than what I thought when it was being showed. Right. And I do recommend going through the training and the tutorial. So you kind of get all the mechanics and the nuance behind the game. But I think that there, I think there's a lot thrown at you Mm -hmm. through those trainings. But I think once you start playing, you, you pick it up all pretty fast. How's uh, so? What's the round structure like? Is it like first to three or like? Um... So when it's in a three v three mode, it for if you're just playing the regular uh, team KO, mm-hmm. it's everybody has two hits that they can take, and then if they take two hits, they're KO'd, and so it's the first team to ten KOs wins the round, best of three. Okay, okay. So first to two rounds wins, and so I'd say most of the matches are most of the rounds are you know five minutes on average maybe maybe even less depending on how quickly uh, and maybe longer depending on how close the matches are but it definitely has that you know what just one more right mm-hmm. feeling yeah. to it and gets and like we were playing last night and it was it, we'll just do one more we'll just do one more let's just go one more 
And one of the best parts about this is that you can set up private matches against your friends. And so this game is going to be very, very toxic amongst my friends group. <laughs> it definitely has that feeling of like, I am just, there's just obscenities and, and all kinds of awful names. I'm calling my friends every time I get, you know, knocked out, KO'd. There, and it's one of those games where I, I want to get better at it. And obviously I want to be the best and stuff like that. But even when I'm not doing the best, I'm still having a good time and having fun. Yeah. It seems like this is. There's just something about a dodgeball game that just is always enticing. Like I, I think back even back on like on the Game Boy Advance, I think what was like Super Dodgeball, uh, that was a, a stellar hit. Like we don't get them too often, but when they do come around, uh, they're great. Um, I'm seeing this also has uh, crossplay. Uh, yes, it does. So between PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, PS5. Yeah, and I the think it just uses. Series. It has like, yeah, it has like a knockout ID, and I think that's mm-hmm. just your EA. ID, which okay. I, at this point, every every one of us who's ever played an EA game has one, whether yeah. you realize it or not. And <laughs> They've if, got if you. <laughs> yeah, if you're playing on console, you can add people as your KO friend. And um, and yeah, I mean, we've all been playing on the on the same platform, so it, we haven't had to... I haven't had to interact with actually inviting people, but it seems similar to any of the other games that do it really well. You just add their knockout ID, which is their EA ID, and then you can just add, they'll appear on your friends list. And I think they do it as a separate friends list where it's like Xbox friends, knockout mm-hmm. city friends. And so uh, I actually, when we get done this, I'm probably going to hop on and play a few more matches tonight before I go to bed. I am really, really enjoying it. We'll is see how ranked? long it lasts. It, I don't. Uh, I think there is a ranked right, leak. So I, need I think to get, there is. I need to get play. into it this week and make sure I don't get too far behind on that skill curve. Yes, yes. I probably already messed up by not playing over the weekend. I mean, listen. I played for the first time last night. I had a very busy uh, weekend. I had some family in town. It was a good time. But uh, I played last night, and there were definitely some people we ran into where it's like, oh, these guys know what they're doing. <laughs> Uh, but for the most part, I think we won more matches than we lost. And so it, it was a, a very good time. And, you know, that's what we've been playing this week. If I had to recommend any of the games I mentioned today, I think Knockout City is the one that's going to have the most universal appeal. And, and so everybody should give that a try, especially while this trial is is going on. Uh, quick question for you on Supernatural. Yes, yes. On Supernatural, are there achievements or is it just like a leaderboard? for working out because i had this conversation with my cousin over the weekend where i was like you know i said after ramadan ended i would go back to the gym but then i just i kind of had a sinus infection and then i got lazy but you know i love getting achievements and if i could just get achievements for real life working out i would be in the best shape of my life so i don't think there are achievements i think it is just a leaderboard there are there is a feed on the app on your phone that does show like you got platinum, double platinum, triple platinum in this workout. So there is mm-hmm. something to strive for. And that is visible for everybody who's on your friends list in the Supernatural VR. So other people will see that. That's where the gamification comes for me is that me being competitive and not even me being like, I want to be everybody. I mean, I do want to be everybody. But just seeing that and anytime I see my brothers worked out two days in a row and I have it. It's like, all right, I got to work out. Like, I got to go do it. It's kind of like the Apple Watch uh, activity feature where it shows you 
who's been closing their rings when they're closing them and who's been working out. God. Yeah. Oh, my family puts me to shame. <laughs> I, I, you know, we both went to Rutgers. I don't know if you remember the food trucks where you went down to Brunswick. Uh, those yeah, of fat, course. Those fat sandwiches. So they yes, opened sir. up a store up right here in Newark. Uh, and it, I've already ordered there four times in the last week. And I, yeah. I listen, I don't want to, I've been on a diet for the past like three weeks. And this weekend I told you I had family in town and that diet went completely out of the window. So I am playing catch up <laughs> once again. And so you picked the perfect time for us to do a, a live stream of this podcast where I am very out of shape and, and very bloated you from look this past good, weekend. You look Thank good. you. I, I appreciate that. It's all you know, webcam magic. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into the news. Okay, so I'm about to try something. I don't know if this will work. Let's see. All right, do I have this to... This button. Go. Okay, that worked. Let's keep an eye on the stream. Let's see if that came up. All right, well, I got to go back to the stream in that case. Can let's I get see. back? All right, hold on. All right, just... I'm going to take us while you're doing that. Okay. I'm going to go ahead. And get us into some of the news. So I saw this. This was earlier today, right? Where yes. Sega announced that they're doing a Sonic the Hedgehog 30th anniversary stream. They had this nice, cute video that they, they put out kind of celebrating and playing on the nostalgia for Sonic the Hedgehog. And so they do have a 30th anniversary stream planned coming this Thursday, correct? Yes, May yes. 27th, 9 a.m. Pacific time. And they're going to be talking about their projects, partnerships, and other events for the Sonic 30th anniversary celebration. Now, you have to assume that we're probably going to get some... The fact that it says projects, partnerships, and events, you imagine we are also going to get some news, maybe a, a teaser on that Sonic the Hedgehog movie sequel that yeah. we know is coming out. Yeah, and, so, um, uh, and according to this article from Fanbyte as well, uh, there was a leak out of a dubbing studio that implied Sonic Colors was uh, receiving a remaster. Um, and, you know, we're also hearing about the live-action movie having Knuckles as an antagonist, um, which we'll touch upon in the next story. And, uh, you know, the Sonic Prime Netflix series as well. Let's, let's, let's go ahead and talk about that right now, actually, while we're here anyway. So it looks like so Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is... <laughs> synopsis has been discovered yeah um want me to read this that, real quick yeah go ahead and and and, and read it and then I'll, I'll give my thoughts on this yeah so after settling in green hills sonic is ready for more freedom and tom and maddie agree to leave him home while they go on vacation but no sooner are they gone when dr robotnik comes back this time with a new partner knuckles in search for an emerald that has the power to build both build and destroy civilizations. Sonic teams up with his own sidekick, Tails, and together they embark on a journey to find the emerald before it falls into the wrong hands. So this this is this is the Avengers mashup of the Sonic universe. We got <laughs> Tails showing up. We've got uh, Knuckles. We got Robotnik. <laughs> I mean, if you're well, a, look. if you're a Sonic fan, first sorry, and second. Um, it's an exciting time to be a Sonic fan. Listen, I am a Sonic fan. When Sonic's good, I think Sonic's very good. And I I have a ton of nostalgia for for Sonic because I was a Genesis kid, right? So Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Sonic 3, Sonic and Knuckles. Um, 
just having like I still remember thinking how cool it was that Sonic and Knuckles had that flip top that you could add other cartridges on top of and then play it's, as Knuckles. It's the most mind blowing thing. I still don't. Maybe it's just supposed a ROM hack. Uh, yeah, what that was doing, but like as a kid, that was the coolest shit ever. <laughs> yeah, agreed, hundred percent. And so, hearing this news and hearing that we already knew because they teased uh, Tails at the end of the first Sonic movie. Did you see it? Yeah, yeah. I I actually enjoy it quite a bit, honestly. I, I was supposed to go see it, it on Valentine's Day, and then the restaurant was so overbooked uh, in 2019 that by the time we, we left the restaurant, we actually skipped decided to skip dessert. We still missed the movie, and we're just like, yeah. we never got around to it. So, yeah, I saw it. Saw it with my kids. I've seen it probably three times now at this point. I don't listen. Is it the best kids movie ever? No, I mean, it doesn't hold a candle to anything that Pixar is doing and Disney's doing, even DreamWorks is doing, but it's much better than it has any right to be. I'm so glad they changed the character design. <laughs> and I think Ben Schwartz did an awesome job at Sonic. I really, really enjoyed it. Having Knuckles be in this next one and him being an antagonist. We all know where this is going, right? He's the antagonist until he's not. Yeah. All right, and he helps save the day and thwarts Robotnik. He's going to punch Jim yeah, Carrey in the sure. balls. We'll get a good laugh least, out of it. Least surprising thing ever hearing this synopsis. I mean, if you told yeah. me at the end of the first one, hey, I need you to go ahead and write the next one in 30 seconds, I'd give you the synopsis. So... Sure, fine. I mean, I mean, you know, is, like, this, what do we expect? This is like somebody saying the next Mortal Kombat movie will have a combat tournament in it. Right, <laughs> right, one hundred percent. Yeah. All right, and so let's go ahead. I mean, we're talking about you know having anniversary streams and dedicated announcements. Let's go ahead and get into our next piece of news. I want to see how fast you can get this up and it's, rolling. It's already up. Last stream. Oh man, so good, so good. So Sony announces dedicated Horizon Forbidden West state of play. Uh, we've talked about this on the show mm -hmm. before. Yeah, that you have terrible taste and you don't like Horizon. Oh, I. <laughs> it's not that I don't like Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> there are a lot of things I like quite a bit about it. I love the voice acting in it. I've I'm think I've said this on the podcast before, but Ashley Birch is probably my if you took if I had to pick one voice actor or actress to be my favorite, it's Ashley Birch. And so I just don't think it's as good <laughs> as people kind of made it out to it, be. It's I think better. The story's interesting. It's uh, better than people I, made it out to be. I don't think the gameplay is very – you talked about Biomutant earlier not having, like, satisfying – feedback when oh it comes to comments like that and i just that's i just did not enjoy explosive actual... arrows to weak armor points blowing them off and then attacking the weak point come I just, on I just, <laughs> I just didn't just didn't click with you, me were you hiding way. in the bush Granted, and trying to stealth i mean i mean i was trying to stealth a number of them right but then of course that yeah dissolves and turns into chaos devolves and becomes you chaos like Firing that rope gun and tying down like enemies. No, and then, oh. no, I don't like that. I honest, I do not like that mechanic at all. Oh man, I there was something with a tool set from Horizon Zero Dawn that just like it spoke to me in a way because like normally I would just use weapons that you know you choose your one, you work your way through the game with it, or you know, and that's it. But this one I was just like switching between all of them. It was so good. 
But um, yeah, best what, what, part... can, what can fans expect from Forbidden West this week? So we're getting a. Oh, is this on Thursday as well? Are we having dueling? It seems uh, like it. Live streams. So the segment will be 20 minutes long, bringing roughly 14 minutes of new gameplay and footage of the sequel. Now, there's some debate on whether... I always assume that with Ratchet & Clank coming out next month, that Horizon Forbidden West would be the big Sony's big fall game, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not surprising to me that they are starting up the talk of, of this game again. It's kind of weird to me that they didn't wait until after Ratchet was out to kind of, you know, start talking about this, not take some of the shine away. I understand Ratchet and Horizon, they're two different genres, stuff like that. And I'm actually of the mind that for the most part, it doesn't matter, right? People who are excited for Ratchet are excited for Ratchet. It's not like Horizon is going to come out and people are going to be like, yeah, you know what? I'll just wait and play that instead of playing Ratchet. I think you've already got uh, your Ratchet fans getting Ratchet. And then hopefully if it does drop and is well-received that, that drives hype for more people. Uh, but companies usually tend to wait, right? And to give their big releases a little bit of breathing room before they start talking about their, their next one. Do you think... Um, but it's like E3 is also right around the corner. So it's right. it, it, it's a bit shocking that they're not just, not just holding this for that presentation. Yeah, but, but Sony's also not participating in E3 again this year, right? But it doesn't I mean, their own stream I, like yeah, everybody but else. I th- but I think this is how they'll do it. I think they'll have their, their, uh, what do they call them? Uh, right here. State, state of, of plays. plays. Yeah. I think they'll have their state of plays. And if they do it this way, then they can kind of have like a couple smaller ones dedicated to games that we already know about that are in the near future. And then have one big hype one where they're talking about your, you know, big new releases or, or future releases. Do you, we had, been told in the kind of like PlayStation 5 reveal games reveal uh video that they had done that Horizon was going to be this year and I think they actually said it to spring or summer or and I think like that, they reconfirmed right? it as well uh I wouldn't be surprised if it yeah. slips past summer to fall or winter uh I mean I think at, I think at this point there's a chance that this <laughs> goes from being I, I I think we find out when we finally get a date I think we're going to get like an October date for this. But I also wouldn't be surprised if this ended up being like a January game that it slips to that. Take your time. Uh, There's, there's, I know some people complain that there's no next gen games to play, but I don't know what they're talking about. There's just so much out there. Uh, Not everything needs to be top of the line, triple A graphics. There are fantastic games out there coming out every week. Uh, And I mean, like, we talked about so many new ones just just today, um, so I mean I hope Sony takes their time with this um, and you know Gorilla Games, uh, you know I love that first one. I'm this is day one, uh, stay up all night, just play this game to my eyes bleed. Uh, like I haven't been this excited for games in, until since like Final Fantasy VII remake. I mean even though I'm not the biggest fan of yeah. the first one, I still, I and I say that. And if you told me to put a score on the first one, the the, the I it's like eight eight five, right? So I still think this the first one was very very good. I just think that it might have been a little bit overhyped, and that that's just my beef with it. Yeah. I am very excited for this. 
I will be playing it day one as well. Is it stay up all night? No. <laughs> I just, but, that story is so good. It's so yeah, good. Yeah, so I am very, very, yeah. very interested in where the story goes next, honestly. Yeah. And so if you if you had to gun to head right now, pit a prediction date on this, when do you think this releases? I would put my money on October or November. Okay. I think I'm I think I'm with you there. I just don't see how this doesn't make it uh this fall cuz they really don't have anything else coming this fall that they can even claim is is big. When did actually when did Deathloop drop to? Is that September now? September, I believe, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is the one thing where I could say like, you know what, maybe this drops because even though Deathloop is a game being yeah. published by Bethesda, it is still a timed exclusive, and so that can be their big game that they hype in the fall time if necessary. But no, I think I'm with you. I think this is a, a October release. Yeah. You want to get us into? Yeah. So the next one is a rumor. Square. Uh, it's a rumor that popped up over this weekend. Square Enix is about to announce a new action RPG Final Fantasy spinoff. Uh, I first saw this over on Resetera, uh, where there was rumors of this coming around and so the story goes that square enix is working with team ninja on uh, you know team ninja has done ninja gaiden they have done neo uh and the disadaya final fantasy fighting games and so the the story is here they're going to be working on more something more action rpg related uh and it's, the game's going to be called final fantasy origin uh and it appears to be exclusive to playstation 5 with the pc release date later down the road uh, it seems like Sony's really going after that Final Fantasy crowd, uh, and so be it. I mean, I grew up with uh, Final Fantasy being synonymous with PlayStation. Uh, I do. I wish fifteen or not fifteen, sixteen, and if Origin is real, uh, come out to Xbox on, uh, on day one. I would love that, but um, I got a PS Five. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. It is. I mean, I listen. I'm all for it. if you want to do. Yeah exclusive deals and stuff like that like i'm all for it this one is a little bit surprising to me in the way that yeah you mentioned that i mean final fantasy for the most part after being associated with nintendo consoles in the early part of that franchise was associated with playstation for the past you know 15 20 years whatever it may be 25 years whatever it may be and but Microsoft has done so much in the past with getting all those old games onto Game Pass and getting all these Square Enix releases like Kingdom Hearts uh, onto Game Pass and and building that relationship that it is surprising to me to see them go back to being timed exclusives or, or console exclusives with Sony. And I, I, I'm very interested in what the behind-the-scenes business is for that kind of stuff. It is If it is a matter of just Sony being like, hey, we want you back being synonymous with us. And when people are thinking Final Fantasy, them thinking PlayStation. And so here is, you know, a truck full of money or or what's going on back there. And when we talk action RPG, I think the belief and the understanding is it is going to be like a Neo. It is going to be like a Souls-like game. And I do think that that does fit in this universe and could could work out. I also feel like... We are getting a lot of Souls-like games these days, which which is fine. I mean, it's a genre people love and stuff like that. Uh, I just have some concern with 
us reaching a saturation yeah point with that i i'm um, i'm with you on that, that because yeah. like even like i I like neo i played through it but it, neo is a lot and like i remember picking up neo too and i was just like mm, th- like it's good but i don't i, I don't want to spend another 70 hours in neo too I, yeah uh, see i think that's part of my problem too is i would really love if we got one of these games and it was like mm, 15 hours you know yeah Demon and Souls. so it's great <laughs> yeah and so yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I say this and I talk about it being saturated, but where's my Bloodborne 2, right? Please. Yes. I also talk about not wanting, you know, remakes and stuff like that. But, hey, I'll take a remake on PlayStation 5 of Bloodborne if you want yeah, to do that. Yeah, I did. So, so you throw that out my way. I'll, I'll stream yeah. it. Day one. Uh, next story. Next bit of, yeah, next bit of news we have here is there was some – there was a recent stream talking about some news on Overwatch 2. And I think the big thing to take out of this – you know, they talked about a new game mode push. They talked about um, kind of the way they are changing some of the characters. The big thing coming out of here is that Overwatch 2 is going to move to a 5v5 from the 6v6 format that is currently there. And will limit the games to the teams to a single tank instead of two tanks, which is kind of how the game is now. One of the things they also talked about is they want the tanks to be more of brawlers and then just pure shields which i think is what you see now i think for the sake of competitive overwatch and their overwatch league that they seem to put a lot of money into every year i think this is a genius move because it makes matches hopefully faster and more action-packed because six i've actually six is a lot like uh, it's, it's a lot it's, to keep track of. It's hard to follow, mm-hmm. and engagements are basically, ten, oftentimes, are two minutes of them smacking each other back and forth without any real progress mm-hmm. happening. And I think that's just the nature of the teams being so big. And I think limiting the teams down to five, you will see m- not more action, but you'll see the action actually result in something more often where teams will now be at a bigger disadvantage if they lose three of their players, if they lose four and only having one tank, I think is going to make a huge difference. And it actually, this gets me excited to kind of get back into overwatch. I've been watching a little bit of overwatch league and following along with some of the news on what overwatch two is going to be. And I've been very tempted to kind of just dip back into it here and there. And so I do think that this, I think this, in my opinion, is good news and does make me excited about getting into Overwatch 2. That being said, uh, we still have until next year, until Overwatch 2 is released. And I find that to be a bit of a bummer after this news coming out. It's one of those things where, like, yes, I want to know about these games, but I hate the long build-up and marketing cycle of this stuff. Yeah, because I think right now all the... The most exciting stuff that's happening in Overwatch is new skins. <laughs> I think I think that's been about it. One of the I, I think some of the discourse to come out of this news is the Overwatch League teams. That six player doesn't know yes, who they are. Right. <laughs> it's like if you're a tank player, you're starting to look at yourself and be like, "Do I have a job?" When Overwatch yeah. two drops, and it's, no, it's a bad feeling. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about now off off tank is what they call yeah. the, the you know that role. Off tank players are yeah they're gonna be 
out, right? Or mm-hmm. they're going to have to s- switch roles and, and figure something out. Yeah, that is kind of a bummer. But it's one of those things where, for me, if this results in Overwatch League being more entertaining to watch and being more successful, then we're talking about a league that will have some longevity, which means that over the course of the time, if a, if a, if the league is around for two or three years longer than it would have been without this change, then the number of players we're losing out on versus the number of players that are going to get to participate over that time is significant, is a big difference. So I think the, I think focusing on trying to make the league popular and this is granted, this is, I'm detached from this. I'm not, I'm not a player and obviously it sucks for them and stuff like that, but just looking at it as an entire picture, I think it, if there's results in it being more popular and being around longer, I think that is the right call and the better move. Yeah. And so. Not agreed with you on that. Um, a flash from the past. Have you ever been a fan of Time Splitters, Rob? Uh, yes. I think I got into Time Splitters a bit later than everybody else would have. Look, I am a sucker for games that do parody right and games that are lighthearted and so if we can get a lighthearted time splitters you know a lighthearted shooter that does a parody on on some properties we know i mean there's a ton especially lately there's a ton of you know time related movie properties and stuff like that that they could they could kind of play off of and spoof and 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 even games and stuff like that that they can kind of poke fun at and so I have been waiting. I've been one of those people who, have, who has been excited about rumors about bringing time splitters back and has been asking for a new time splitters. And this news coming out that they're bringing back free radical design studio with the founders, a couple of the founders, Steve Ellis and David Doak. And they're going to be plotting the, the future of time splitters as a franchise. That, yeah. Yeah. That makes me, very excited. Now, granted, it could come out. We could discover, hey, nostalgia is not all it's cracked up to be, and it's a, a relic of the past for a reason. But them bringing this design studio, this this development studio, back together and having the founders back, and it just hearing talk about a new time splitters gets me excited. And truth be told, it for me, it's really just even though this is an old IP, it hasn't been around for you know how many years so in reality this is just confirmation of what's essentially a new ip coming yeah right and so that's also what gets me excited is we're gonna have something different to to play in in the future yeah and i'm always i'm always up for that yeah and it's the interesting part too is like thq nordic has been holding on to these ips for quite some time it's like exciting to finally see them start moving on some of them i know time splitters has been one that has been <laughs> people have been waiting for uh i don't know if you saw that story a few months back about Homefront. how there's like i think time splitters 2 baked into it but there's a cheat code that um the dev lost <laughs> um and so they, they basically said that hey it's in the game you just I, I don't remember what the cheat code is and then the community figured it out uh, and you can go in there and you can play, I think, one of the previous time splitters, uh, the full yeah, game. That's, that's very, very cool. Yeah. I mean, but I do hope that they do whatever the next time splitters is. I hope they do modernize it. Yeah. Right. 
I hope I think a lot of times we have these games come and usually they're from smaller studios and they try to be throwbacks in a way to old gameplay style and we see this in even some games that come out and they only have couch competitive or couch co-op and stuff like that and that's just not what I want in 2021 right I do want them to I want them to modernize it but still have kind of the same silliness that was there before right like let's take another game from that kind of time frame GoldenEye I would love a modernized GoldenEye but that still that had rotations in the same way that like Fortnite or or Apex Legends has limited time modes where you do have a play or even Call of Duty does that right where they have feature playlists where you do have a slappers only feature playlist or you do have like a golden gun feature playlist or something like that and then it gives you a suite where you can have private matches to customize it however you want like that's what i want from something like this i didn't have an n64 growing up but in goldeneye you moved to the joystick but how did you aim so no you aimed with a joystick but you moved with the d-pad so Wow, and you shot so, with the trick, the Z and the trigger. trigger underneath. So I mean, basically, you're pressing up. Well, you gotta also remember that for the most part, the way the aiming worked is the reticle was center pretty much at yeah. like all times and stuff like that. So it was very much like you're pressing forward on the D pad and then controlling where you're moving with the the right stick, which isn't that much different they, than having they two, should, two analog sticks. They should totally and just listen, do a level where it's just like you use the D pad to move and right, then you yeah, use sure. the face buttons to aim. <laughs> Oh my god. Listen, and at least that's how I remember it. it it's yeah. been however many years, so I, I could be wrong. It's, you know, But I'm pretty sure that's how it worked. Yeah. Listen, you mentioned this. Did we talk about this on the podcast, or was this an off-podcast conversation where we talked about the new Skyward Sword amiibo? Ooh, what happened here? No! <laughs> okay, the story it did not load. Um, I'll find it. Uh, but... All right. I, I don't know if we had this conversation, to be honest. I think that we talked about this maybe after the podcast last week where we were talking about... Oh, you know what it is? It's because I think we were talking about some of my Disney Affinity figures, which you can see yes. back here. And we were talking about Amiibo and stuff like that. And you had mentioned that the new Skyward Sword one looks very good, but that you felt kind of dirty because of what it actually allowed you to do. Yes. And so... <sighs> okay, so this $25 Zelda Amiibo is a big loft wing creature that you can fly on and Zelda pose together. It looks great. It's a fantastic looking figure. But what it allows you to do is qu quickly travel the skies, even from within dungeons, to anywhere on the surface world. So it basically cuts down a considerable chunk of the gameplay. And they're hiding this feature behind um, the amiibo. So every time you want to use the quick travel, you have to scan it in the amiibo. Um, I literally had to turn on my notifications for Wario 64 this past weekend in order to get a pre-order for this Amiibo. Uh, and I, even with that said, I missed the first two because they sold out immediately. Um, I did manage to grab two. If you do want one, Rob, the second one is yours. <laughs> um, yeah. I need to listen. I need to it's just stop collecting. I need to stop collecting the smaller figures and folk get back to focusing on the bigger figures you can see back yeah here. no but um yeah it was just something i wanted to make sure i had because i'm gonna have a kid 
and I don't know how much time I'll have uh, come July, August with uh, playing through all this. Because I know, if I remember correctly. So you just want to be a, yeah. be a dirty pay to win. Yeah, cheat. I can't believe I paid $25 for a fast travel DLC um, that I, is physical. <laughs> I can't wait for just fast travel to get patched in like a month later. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine? And I think the interesting part is like Polygon mentions in their story that uh, it'd be really amusing to see how Skyward Sword speedrunners uh, use the Amiibo to increase their speedruns. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So we talked about earlier about remasters and, and wow. I just, I don't get hyped even for news like this. I understand that this, and I'm getting to it right now. Is yeah. The Last of Us Part 2 is getting a PS5 patch. Okay. To make it more optimized on the PS5. I think this is I think this is good news. This is cool. I mean, better frame rate is is great news. Yes. I think it's because and you know what, maybe I'm just spoiled and that game isn't actually that old, but and I'm the kind of person that once I play a game, like I said, I just I don't get back to it. I I didn't think that game needed something like this. That game already ran it, really well. Uh, it it looked great. My complaints with that game <laughs> aren't related to that stuff. So I maybe, maybe, <laughs> uh, here's the thing with The Last of Us Two. I enjoyed my time with it. Um, Sixty frames per second, sure. Like you said, great update. Yeah, still ran ran beautifully in thirty. Uh, looked amazing. Yeah. Who wants to replay this game because that emotional toll <laughs> that this game ex- exerts on the on the player? I like great uh, great time playing it. Never want to touch it again. Here's the reality for me yeah. is that a patch to 60 frames per second still isn't gonna teach Naughty Dog how to make satisfying gun combat. Yeah. So <laughs> it doesn't. You know, I, I I think we talked about this before where Uncharted. We're talking. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that Microsoft internal doc leak. I think. And how they mentioned that, yeah, Naughty Dog struggles with. And I've, I mean, I'm sure there's a podcast from five years ago where I'm talking about the exact same thing. Yeah. And that's the one complaint I have with uh, Naughty Dog and their games. This game is, to it, this point, the best they've ever done yes. when it comes to that. It's and still actually, not great, I think, but... It's still not great. And the, I, I think that... I think the... I think about half the game, the combat is much more interesting and fun in my opinion, than other half of the game, but still nowhere near where I think it should be. I think if we just go over to Uncharted and having the Uncharted and kind of the Tomb Raider reboot series next to each other in the same generation, last generation, I think that where the Tomb Raider reboot series beats Uncharted is in its gunplay and how the weapons feel yeah like that 100% and And so yeah and it's I remember with Uncharted Lost Legacy I and I think maybe in four maybe towards the end I just had a point where I was just like the gunplay is not doing it for me why am I just like banging my head against this I dropped the difficulty and I had a better time with the game (laughs) I always yeah I always found it weird just how much the fact that and again you talk about it Biomutant. I think part of the problem is that I just think the feedback isn't very satisfying. Mm-hmm. And all the enemies take way too much damage for just being normal humans. Yeah. Right? For the most part. I mean, when we're talking about yeah. Uncharted, there's, you know. But anyway. I, I, I think 
I know people rave about Max Payne 3, but I think one of my complaints with that ga- game was uh, there would be shirtless guys in the favela uh, that took an entire clip to take down. But then there was like an armored guy with body armor that just took two shots earlier in the game. And I'm just like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's like it, it needs to make sense. The feedback needs to be there. All right, and yeah. with that, that's all the news we have this week. Hey, uh, hey, hey. we got one oh more, one more, and th- th- this, is, right, this well, is a you, big you, one. You can go ahead and take it away. Yes. I, I have zero interest in this. I'm just gonna lead back. Yeah, let you talk. A Destiny 2's first official crossplay beta starts this Tuesday. Actually, that's today. Uh, so if you are a Destiny 2 fan and you wanna you know, try this out, jump on to Stadia, PlayStation, Xbox, or Windows versions of this game. Um, and jump into a Vanguard Strike playlist that you know throws you in uh, with other players from across different platforms. And if you do it between May 25th and uh, May 27th, you will get uh, a new emblem and as a reward. So uh, you know I'm I'm really happy they're finally doing this. One of the tough difficulties of Destiny was you know especially when it comes to raids is getting groups of people together. I always had friends on multiple consoles, some on PC. Like, I'm with the PC. My cousin still plays on Xbox. Um, and, you know, like, I, it just runs so much better on PC. But, you know, with the series update now and the next-gen update, um, you know, it does run better. But just playing on PC was easier. You just jump on Discord. The game has a fantastic community. And now more people can leverage that. So I'm really excited uh, that this is happening. This game is impenetrable if you haven't been playing this whole time it is a confusing <laughs> disaster i listen i have let's, two, let's two jump days. on the stream one day th- this i have week. two days 19 hours 42 minutes i played when this game came out it's funny the xbox app has some you know yeah. stats you can you can look at and my character agent years is six years just to show that i played this at the very beginning i played and all this all that two days 19 hours which i mean doesn't say it seem like a lot when you when you say it two days but i mean that's 70 hours you know that we're talking there and uh and i tried to go back man with with the release of the beyond xbox light. series x and the playstation 5 and beyond light and stuff like that uh and some of the optimization for these new consoles i i redownloaded it i tried to get back i was excited to give it a shot because the one thing is destiny does feel good to play i mean we talk about these other games not having satisfying combat and, and gameplay destiny 2 does have satisfying it's gunplay. frustrating because it's behind such a convoluted campaign structure it's, a, it's i i mean i literally i got into the it's not called the tower anymore right or is it called the tower, tower. Is, it called, is it the tower yeah. okay uh i mean i got there and i was just I mean, it was it's a lot. it was a mess. It is a lot. It's just a mess. Yeah, and, and so and the problem is, it's just like depending on where you left off, what stories you need to do. There's just different vendors and people you need to talk to. There's things yep. you need to pick up. Um, yep. Your entire armory or weapons might have been restructured. So like, if you haven't played it in a long time, it's just you're just getting slapped across the face with a hundred notifications and trying kn- trying to figure it out. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, I was one of those people who was like, you know what? Destiny 2 should just be a platform. I think this is a good move. They should just... No, give me a Destiny 3. I need a new starting point with new characters, new <laughs> wipes, where they can streamline things with the intention of, hey, this is our, this is what we're going to do. This is the platform moving forward. We, we recognize that it's, it's this has the MMO problem. I think they went too much into MMO, where 
you know, I've tried to get into MMOs before and it was just, I was completely lost. And so I just, I need a streamlined version of Destiny 2, I think, is what I need. I, so, so that I can get back into it. There, there's a way you could, like, I think if we, if we jump in together... Um, if you if you want to play in that time, I'll jump in with you. We can just run through that campaign, figure it out, um, and we we can knock that out, and then maybe try out that new raid. I mean, Volta Glass just uh, they released that uh, this past weekend. There was a world first raid on that, um, and that was also the first Destiny heroin needle I injected in my arm. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> great yeah. memory. That's a great memory. Great memories. I. I would love to be able to play Destiny 2 again and get back into it because I love the experiences I had with the raids. Yeah. I mean, the raids were by far the best part of the game, and I think that's actually why we kind of fell off of it is because... There was no raids for quite a while. There was no raids, yeah, for quite a while on Destiny 2. It's similar to, like, I love Call of Duty Zombies, and the reason I love that is because of the Easter eggs. And we haven't had an Easter egg in a new proper map in since basically the release of the game. And so... That kind of stuff makes just has me fall off. Um, the only difference between Destiny 2 and Call of Duty Zombies is, is I can jump right back into Call of Duty Zombies once they do release a new one and not be completely lost. And uh, so I will still never understand Zombies mode and what people see in it. Um. <laughs> I think you have. I think you have to try it with. I've tried me. it with you guys, and oh, I was nice. just like, you guys were like, we gotta go here, we gotta go to the fabricator, we gotta get this, and then I was like, I was like, sure. All right, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I think there's better zombie games out there. Um, all right. No, I think that about does it uh, for all this right. podcast. That's what we got for new. Oh, um, uh, one more thing, just real quick. Uh, we did talk about announcements with uh, um, what was the first one? So with Sonic's 30th anniversary, we also have uh, the state of play for uh, Horizon Forbidden West. There's one more I forgot to add on to it. Dragon Quest on Thursday night, 1130 PM EST has uh, their big 35th anniversary stream. It'll be translated in English for the first time, and uh, you know the the buzz coming out of it is Dragon Quest 12 will be announced. Uh, so probably a first look there, and I am pumped because 11 lo- it was fantastic. <laughs> All right, so since we're talking about adding on real quick news stories, uh, one other bit from earlier today, I wasn't sure if it was w- worth mentioning on here, but we can run through it quick is Dead by Daylight had a live stream today where they were talking about, I think it's their fifth anniversary live stream where they were talking about some of the reworks they're doing to the game and how they're changing some of the aspects. But the the thing that everybody wants to know was the announcement of the Resident Evil content that's coming out, who the killer is and who the survivor or survivors were going to be. And they announced that today we are getting Leon and Jill as our survivors and we are getting Nemesis as the killer. I don't think they went into details about the kit and perks for any of those characters yet, but I am very excited. All of that is coming next month. Cannot wait. If you haven't tried Dead by Daylight yet, especially if you have Game Pass, I highly recommend it. I think it is a fantastic game that has a dedicated community that has shown its longevity and the fact that it's reaching five years now. And I also think that it's a game that not enough people talk about. Yeah. I think it is a quietly popular game. Yeah. And 
I think that it, it's for a reason that it's lasted this long. It is very, very good. And this uh, Polygon article saying they're bringing a Raccoon City Police Department level. Oh, that's a new yes, map. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and then the Nemesis, he attacks with a deadly tentacle, making him a bit of a ranged killer, similar to Huntress, Trickster, or Deathslinger. Uh, a Nemesis can infect survivors. He hits with a T-virus. Uh, this causes them to cough, make noises, and making them easier to find. Uh, okay. And he also spawns AI-controlled zombies. <laughs> so this is actually... Oh, so that, so that is a, an interesting little tidbit. Because a lot of the stuff that you mentioned is similar to some of the killers we have now. It just seems to be taking parts from... And they do that, right? As some of these killers have some... As part of the kits, they have similar abilities to to other ones. Uh, but that is is unique. And so I'm excited to see how that actually plays out. And as far as the Raccoon City Police Department map is concerned... I think that all the indoor maps in this game have a little bit of a balance issue when it comes to just certain killers being not very good in them. And so as part of Dead by Daylight is you don't get to choose which map you're in um, outside of using this offer. But there's no guarantee that you'll get it. And so I'm excited to see what it's like. I think for the most part, the indoor maps tend to be my least favorite uh, of the maps. Uh, outside of actually the one they did for Silent Hill, I think is, is, is very good. And, but most of the other ones, I, the one they did for Stranger Things, in my opinion, is the worst map in the whole game. Oof. So, um, so yeah, June 15th yeah. for, uh, the Resident Evil chapter of Dead by Daylight. I am very, very excited about that. And I'll have my thoughts on it once it releases. I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. Uh, as always, you can follow me over at SunnyVice20, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0 on Twitter, on Instagram, pretty much everywhere. And then if you want to catch me streaming, twitch.tv slash SunnyVice20. Again, I would probably put notifications on for that because I am unfortunately not as consistent as I'd like to be with streaming, just the nature of, you know, having kids and and it being a hobby, not a uh, profession and not something that I'm trying to turn into a profession, if I'm being honest. And so if you do want to come hang out, um, it is much more enjoyable for me when people are in there hanging out. And I am active with the chat. And I hope to some point, you know, hopefully we can build a community with the work print and, you know, on my own private stream where we are having kind of like community play dates and stuff like that where we were, we're playing games together like dead by daylight i hope i think i re- actually really want to try this one out when uh that maybe a little bit before that update hits yeah hey let me know yeah. i'm always down to show you the ropes and 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 teach you how to play and i think i also think that that game is more enjoyable depending on who you're playing with as well and so i have uh a couple friends that i think that you'll you'll have a good time playing with and so awesome uh yeah but, yeah, and then, as for you. As for me, you can always follow me at Bilal underscore Mion. Um, catch the Twitch streams at, um, you know, the work print over at this, uh, on Twitch. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at the work print. Um, and yeah. so now that, we're, now that we're streaming, just a little bit behind the scenes, we normally record these on Tuesdays at 9 or 9.30 around that time. And so make sure to follow... Uh, either Bilal or myself will always put a tweet out. Bilal will usually compose it. And I'll just retweet it until you'll know when we're about <laughs> to go live uh, outside of, again, having your notifications on on the Switch channel. Yeah, and um, yeah, you can always give the Switch channel, channel a follow and hit that bell for uh, notifications when we go live. Uh, yeah, no, uh, very excited to do this. I'll be streaming more Biomutant 
later this week. Um, I'll probably try that first World Ender boss on normal and then drop it down to easy to see if this game is any better. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, looking forward to being more visual uh, with, the, <laughs> uh, with the podcast going forward. Yeah, and I promise next uh, next time uh, I'll care a little bit more. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll shave before we get on here. I w- I'm wearing yeah. shorts under this underneath this polo. <laughs> well, so I am, don't I am worry about like that. we're at a, we're at a, we're at a point right now where I think it's hot enough to put the AC on and have the AC running, and my wife's like, no, it's not. Oh. So I'm in here sweating. I'm also wearing shorts, and as you can see, just this yeah. athletic shirt. I, but, I I can't turn on the AC because it'll just mess with the audio since it's like right behind me. Uh, oh yeah, window. yeah. So I actually cranked it before. And I think maybe as of a half hour ago, it's been pretty hot. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think the, the, All right, well, yeah, I think it re- reads at seventy six degrees. So <laughs> yeah, let's wrap this up so I can uh, get a yep. breath of fresh air. In that case, Bilal, thank you so much for joining me again this week. Thank you for anybody listening and whoever decides to watch. And until next time, bye bye.